Welcome to the STR Insiders Podcast. We share tips for achieving your STR goals, aha moments, funny stories, and all the latest gossip of this STR life. Listen in as we keep it real and maybe a little sassy, celebrate successes, and own all the mistakes we've made along the way. Whether you're new to real estate investing, new to short-term rentals, or a seasoned pro, there's something here for you. Jackie is an STR property manager who consults with individuals looking to grow their own property management firm. Tracy owns STR consulting and media firms that provide education to investors who want to learn all about STR investing. For more information, please visit www.thestrinsiders.com. Welcome everyone to episode four of the STR Insiders podcast. Today, we're talking about discrimination and the heavily debated topic of service animals. If you're ever in these STR groups on Facebook, the fights, the fire, the things that come from the post about service animals. I mean, it's intense. It's intense, you know, and I think that's hard. It's hard for both Tracy and I to see probably because you know, first of all, like if if you have a service animal, it is law to accommodate that person and their service animal. So it's really hard to see people breaking the law over having a pet in their space. And people need these service animals, you know? You know, I'm very passionate about this subject. And full disclosure, I support many charities, but probably the one I support the most, trains service animal like takes animals out of the shelter trains them as service dogs and pairs them with disabled veterans so like i'm very passionate about legitimate service animals and i think that's the key right is legitimate honestly is my perspective on where most of the online conversations go off the rails because the comment is well there's so many fakes out there you're right there are and that sucks and nobody likes it. However, that does not give you license to discriminate against legitimate people who have a legitimate service animal. And that's what I Truth. take issue with. It's so true. You need to know what you're able to do. Like if you're going to have an STR, you are not supposed to ask questions. You're not supposed to ask for documentation. There is not any standardized documentation. That's one myth about service animals right there. If you ask, are they certified? Do you have a license? Any of that stuff, they might. They might, their service animal, animal may have come from a program that has their own certifications. But yeah. by the ADA standards, there's no requirement for any of that. And a lot of people would like there to be more standardization. And I understand why. But my understanding of why there isn't is because then you're creating a barrier to a person's ability to get a service animal. So the program that I support, they provide all of this for free. Now, they're a very small program because it's expensive to do what they do. But, you know, they don't have any kind of national certification. Now, seeing eye dogs probably do from some of the, the programs, but we're talking tens of thousands of dollars for those dogs. And so people who want these certifications are basically asking is that for anyone who needs a service animal to have tens of thousands of dollars to drop on a medical device. 
And it's just not realistic, unfortunately, not with our healthcare system, with our medical insurance programs. Like, I truly understand the frustration because the other side of me supporting a service animal program is that I'm even more annoyed by the fakes because they hurt right. the program. They make it harder for the legitimate people. They increase discrimination because you yeah. have hosts and other business owners who are looking at them like, are you fake or are you real? And, you know, I know the director has been asked to leave places with her animal and she has to stand up for herself, you know, and that's the effect of going overboard with trying to weed out the fakes. And they don't have to disclose that they have a service animal. They don't have to. And you shouldn't, you know, like, you know, sometimes I have a, a client call and they're like, oh my gosh, I saw a dog on the camera. And it's like, you know, truthfully, like, I get it. Like, I wish they told us about it, but like, I really can't ask questions about it. I can give the cleaner a heads up. And, you know, if the, the dog did any damage, like the review will for, reflect it. But like, that could be a service animal. And we have to respect, you know, uh, the law and the boundaries around that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Airbnb and ADA, which is the, the legal side of it, allows for two questions. You know, is that yep. a service animal and, and are they trained for a specific task? So wow. it's just very basic information. And I want to to your point about like they don't have to tell us. I think that's becoming more prevalent because of all the discrimination. So literally seen hosts comment and say, well, decent people would tell you they were bringing one. And so now you're making a morality judgment based on them exercising their rights. Right. And trying to protect themselves from being discriminated against. Because in those same conversations, the next thing you'll see is just block a couple of days in the middle of their stay for the next day and they'll go away. So, I mean, like, I see that a lot. And it's it's really disappointing because if you're in hospitality, you're serving the public with this space. And while there are some exceptions for unreasonable burden on you as a host, like if you or your immediate family, so like in your listing, as an example, it's a basement apartment of your home, right? Mm -hmm. So if you or Alan or Milo were deathly allergic to animals, you would put that in your yeah. listing as a description. So we absolutely cannot host any animals due to medical issues, right? And right. that's reasonable because that's an undue burden on you. But short right. of that, you know, there's no good reason other than you don't want to have to clean up some hair that you can't host a person with a service animal. The other argument I see is damage. Like, well, if it's not a real one or they're going to damage it at the house, well, Airbnb now actually covers that. So that's helpful. And you should be carrying your own insurance so as helpful. well. Yeah. So that should be less of an issue. No, you can't charge a higher cleaning fee. No, you can't charge extra fees. Yes, 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 yes. Agreed. Um, there's nothing more frustrating when, oh, well, if you're going to bring your service animal, I'm going to, you know, we have to charge a fee so that we can clean extra. And it's, you just can't do that. That's discrimination. That's, it's the cost of doing business. 
you know, if you want to be in hospitality and making the kind of money that we're making, then this is one of those things that comes with that. You know, if you also think about it, I'm always trying to keep in mind, you know, how do we keep short-term rentals competitive against the hotel industry? You know, and and hotels are so accommodating of service animals yep. and they know the law and they practice the law and, you know, they make sure that these people are not feeling discriminated against and that they're comfortable. And, you know, I think as a short-term rental owner, you know, and being a business owner, we've got to do the same. We've got to do the same. And I would hope that all these STR owners would be, you know, knowing the law um, when it comes to their short-term rental, but a lot seem to not know. It comes up a lot, right? Especially new house get their first service animal inquiry and and they reach out for help. And really, I mean, if you're looking through Airbnb, Airbnb has terms of service. They're very specific and will tell you exactly what you can ask, what you can and can't do. It's very black and white. So if you don't take anything else away from this session, go read Airbnb's terms of service. Yes. Amen. It's very and I, easy. <laughs> and they're always updating it. Yes, this is true. Always updating it. But yes. seriously, like if you're gonna if you're gonna take your business seriously, read the terms of service, whether it's you know, Verbo or Airbnb, like make sure you know like what's expected of you from yep. the platform that you're hosting on. Yeah, because that's the kind of expensive mistake that could get you banned, actually. And sued. So, you know, Jackie has mentioned the law a couple of times. And this is one of those things that gets debated a lot. So ADA is relevant to hotels 100% and to other certain public spaces. It's in the gray area for short-term rentals. And you'll see different exceptions quoted like, well, if you own less than four units, and that comes from the LTR space for tenants, you know, so you have to be careful. There's not specific verbiage. You can go look at the ADA's site about service animals and it will spell it all out for you what they actually say. But our industry is relatively new. This is a new problem. And until recently, Verbo didn't even require service animals to be accommodated. And last maybe five years, I'd have to look to fit it find was the, recent. the case law. But yeah. a family actually sued a host through Ver- and Verbo in Florida because they canceled a stay after they were advised the family would be bringing their service animal. And it's a legitimate service animal. Their daughter has documented need. So there was nothing shady about any of it. It was just that the host really didn't understand their obligations. So you can say that it's not legally required because it's not spelled out. But I've spoken with the attorney that represented that family. And I've spoken with the mother of that family. And they settled for an undisclosed amount. Verbo changed their rules and that host went out of business. So it's not the kind of dice I recommend rolling. I feel like there should be a mic drop. I know. I feel like I need to step down off my soapbox. Don't blow up your business because you don't want to host service animal. 
for real. For real. And you know what? If it's a service animal too, like, and I know it's it's hard for a lot of hosts. There are so many fakers out there. That's the concern. But if it's a service animal, that's a very well-trained animal. Extremely. And if it's a true service animal, they're not going to leave the dog in the space unattended. Typically, no. And this is one of the things that you can do. And again, if you read Airbnb's terms of service, it will tell you what you can require of the guest. And this is one of those things. You can tell a guest who has a service animal, whether it's fake or not, that they cannot leave the animal in the home unattended. And so... That's true. And that's right. That's one of those things that helps you weed out the fakers. Because if they're fakers, they'll know that you know the rules, one... And then two, they can't bring their fake service animal everywhere because it's not properly trained to go into spaces. They won't pass the tests at like the grocery store or the restaurant or wherever. Mm -hmm. So they intend to leave that fake service animal on site. And if you do other things like we recommend, like having exterior front door cameras, you're going to see them leave without that bug. And then you're going to have a conversation. And I mean, part of my house rules is that if you violate the house rules, your stay may be terminated without refund. And that means get out right now and you get no money back. There are ways that you can curb the fakes without discriminating. And that's how we, like as a management company, we know if somebody's lying because we do ask that question, you know? And, and if somebody responds to that question with, well, you know, I, I'd like to go out to dinner. So, I mean, the dog may be left in the space. And I'm like, if that's a true service animal, like that dog goes with you. Like you need that dog while you're out. Like, you know, to an extent. There are cases where someone who needs a service animal doesn't need them all the time. So it's not a hard rule as far as like someone being required to keep their service animal with them all the time for their need. However, it is an acceptable requirement when they're renting your space, that they keep their service animal with them. And that's an important difference. Talking about the myths of this, that's one of those misconceptions that I see is that if you need a service animal, it has to be with you all the time. Well, not necessarily. And I don't know medical conditions well enough. So this is just hypothetical. But let's say that your dog retrieves your insulin from the fridge for you. Well, if you've had your injection, you may not need one for several hours. So in theory, you would be able to go out without your dog and you would be fine. So, and again, I don't know if that's a real scenario. I do know that dogs are trained to do that specific skill, but there are situations where someone who has a service animal doesn't always need them with them, but they also know that you can require that when they're renting from you. And because the service animal is legitimate, they can take them anywhere. So exactly, it's not an undue burden on them generally. You know, I mean, maybe if they're going up in a hot air balloon or going zip. <laughs> That's true. If, if a guest was like, well, I'm thinking of going zip lining and I'd be like, oh, OK. All right. Going out to dinner. I mean that. No, they'll be able to take the dog in the restaurant. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. So, so service animals, we talked about the law and Airbnb, Vermo. I, I think we covered most of the, the scenarios with 
that, that I see anyway around service animals. I'm sure I'm forgetting something now. I get really wound up about these service animal conversations. I know. So. I mean, I don't blame you. I get wound up when I see the comments in the group. It's unbelievable to me how many hosts aren't aware what is required of them, you know, and what is required of the law. And even, you know, you're not hosting dogs all the time, you know, but if a service animal, if somebody in their service animal wants to stay, you know, you've got to be reasonable about it. It's not the end of the world. Like, I know you've seen these posts, but these hosts are just like, their world is ending, that the service animal is in their space. And do I charge them? And what if they do damage? And it's, I don't even know what, where to begin with these posts. I don't even know. And that I do see occasionally is someone will say, well, why don't they just pick a, a pet friendly listing? And I mean, I hear what you're saying. If you don't host animals, maybe that makes more sense to you and seems like a reasonable thing. But a service animal is not a pet. And I cannot say this enough. It is a medical device. And so you are, when you say that, it's like, why don't you just stay in a walker friendly? <laughs> like, yeah. we don't take walkers here <laughs> or, or we don't take insulin users here. Take your needles <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> it really is discrimination. I guess like, it's hard to wrap your person. head around that. And also just like pet friendly units can be hard to come by. They're also I, typically more expensive per night, which pro tip, if you want to make more money, go pet friendly. But, you know, you're asking someone to potentially spend more money, not be able to access a property in the location they need to be in. And not that all units are like this, because, I mean, when I walk into my property, back to Jackie's awesome cleaning team, I can't tell that it's pet friendly. Now, I furnished it and finished it intentionally thank you <laughs> like i put lvp everywhere <laughs> like i have the same flooring throughout the entire property so it's easy to clean it doesn't hold hair uh, because i have dogs and actually i didn't post pets for the first i don't know year and a half first two years but i built it that way so that i could bring my dogs you know the sofa fabric that i chose i choose you know stools instead of you know, that are upholstered kitchen stools. I do wood. So things that are easy to wipe down that don't hold a lot of hair, that are easy to clean. So that's part of it. But part of it is just that she has an entire separate cleaning protocol for pets because I host a lot of families that don't have pets and they need to be able to walk in that space and feel like it's cleaned to a non-pet friendly level. And so if you don't host pets typically and you're worried about a service animal, Jackie, would you share a couple of the things that they should just plan on being part of their post animal cleaning so that they can get back to their non-pet friendly unit? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, if you've not gone pet friendly, you should consider it just in general because, it's you know, if you like money, like, <laughs> you know, the reasons, the reasons. You know, and the thing is, is, is if you're going to go pet friendly, it's all about having a plan and a management structure around that and how you're going to manage these pet situations, right? You know, I could go on forever about our whole pet program and, 
and why it's effective and why we don't see damage often and why things are very clean, you know, after. But if you have a plan in place, it's going to work, right? And you can adjust that plan if it's not working. So if you like money, go pet friendly. I'd say about 70 to 80% of our units are pet friendly. And first of all, I think when you are setting up a space, first things first, choose things that are going to be easy to clean if they have pet hair on them. Rule number one, rule number one. And I love that about Tracy's unit. I love that about your unit. You've been very intentional about the surfaces and the things that you're putting in your unit to make the cleaner's job easier, set them up for success. They can go in there with the best intention and heart as much as they want, but they're still going to be human at the end of the day, right? Yeah, tough cleans are not going to behoove you to your cleaning team and, and they end up making or breaking a lot of your success. It's true. Now, I know this doesn't apply to service animals because you can't charge for a service animal. And if you're going to be pet friendly, we really do love that cleaning fee because it gives that cleaner extra time. And I love being pet friendly because when our cleaners encounter a service animal that they don't get that cleaning fee for, they're so experienced in, you know, cleaning after a pet stays. They're not adding extra time. Hopefully they know what they're doing. They're getting right in there. But rule number one, odor. Odor. If your cleaners are not actively deodorizing the space between each guest, there is a problem. Like fabric sanitizer, please, for both safety and for odor. There's quite a few brands out there. I know my favorites among the cleaners are Odaban and uh, Fresh Wave. Get yourself a deodorizer spray and make it part of your habit. Um, when you're prepping in between guests, finish off the space by sanitizing and you'll notice that all odors kind of go away with that. Secondly, have lots of tools for removing pet hair. Lots of tools for removing pet hair. Make your job easy. You know, I love there's reusable lint rollers. What are they called? Oh, it's going to kill me. To be fair, I put you on the spot. You didn't know we were going to be talking about cleaning. I know, <laughs> I know. They're great. They're on chom choms. They're called chom choms. They're a really great way so that you're not sitting there and tearing like lint roll sheet after lint roll sheet. A lot of our cleaners will go to town on the furniture with the chom choms and then finish it off with the sticky lint rollers to just kind of get, you know, get the rest. And it saves them a lot of time. They also have those really cool like metal utensil tools that will kind of like scrape the hair off of things like rugs, all the hair removal tools for sure. And lastly, And most importantly, and the one that we literally harp on with our cleaners all the time, don't forget to walk the yard. If there is a mistake that our cleaner will make after, you know, a pet stays as they get so wrapped up inside the space, maybe they didn't walk the yard as thoroughly as they should. And then your fear with hosting STRs is evidence that another guest was ever there, right? You You want it to feel like they were the first one to ever stay in the space. So them finding a little evidence in the backyard isn't really fun and something you want to avoid. So make sure that your cleaners are walking the yard and checking for that. Hopefully you have some, you know, communicated rules ahead of time with your guests who are bringing, you know, pets. Even with service animals, you can require the yard is picked up. We love providing dog bags that are pet-friendly units and a cute little sign by the door with a little doggy on it that's like, hey, you know, if you don't mind. 
please, please do this. You know, and most of the time, guests are really respectful. When you set clear expectations ahead of time, they're respectful. They're going to walk the yard. They're going to clean up after their dogs. But maybe they miss one. So make sure your cleaners, you know, um, are walking the yard when they know a dog stays or a pet stays and just making sure that it's, you know, exactly how it should be. Yeah, absolutely. I had a couple of things. So I have, and earlier this year, I, I think I mentioned in the, earlier today that we just got a robot because we had an older dog. So she passed away earlier this year, but we had four before that. And so now we have three. And even finding a place that will host us is a challenge. We have, but, we have one bigger house that we host more dogs at, but only, only one. But I'm... Probably not the typical guest in that regard. We yeah. travel with crates for each dog. I do a full like deferring groom before we travel. I do their nails. They're mat trained, which means that they each travel with a mat and I can put it on the ground and they will go and sit on their mat and wait for meals. They've had multiple levels of obedience training. I literally can tell them to be quiet and they'll stop barking. So... You know, we're definitely more dialed in than most, but my husband is religious about cleaning up in the yard after them. So I mean, even inside and outside, we try to really be good guests because we know we're the exception. And I would say that that's probably true for most of your responsible pet owners that are staying in these nicer properties. Again, going back to that, not wanting to target budget guests, your higher end guest generally are very conscientious. And if you're allowing them to bring their dog, that's a luxury in and of itself. And so if you're just clear about your rules and your expectations, they typically are very respectful. And as Jackie says, they may miss something and that happens. So, you know, just expect you need to have that in your process. But a couple other things that I really like as a pet owner is to have a pet accident cleaner on site. Because not even necessarily that the dog uses the bathroom in the house, but maybe it gets sick and it vomits, you know, like there are things that are gross. Just have, I like simple solution. You can get it at most of the big stores, Amazon, online, whatever. And um, I used to own a pet supply company. So fair warning, I'm very product specific when it comes to pet care, but it's got a nice fresh scent. It's not overpowering. I actually use it instead of carpet cleaner solution and use it to clean my carpets with in my carpet cleaning machine. And so I just keep some of that under the sink for, or in, if you have a pet basket for pet amenities. So that is there for guests. If they need it, they actually have what they need. Do you want them to have an accident? No, of course not. And neither does the guest. Right. Like, <laughs> it's mortifying. <laughs> you know, and as I, I rented a place down in Canyon Lake, which is like outside of San Antonio for about six weeks. And we brought the dogs and, and Scott came with me since I was working down here in Texas for an extended period of time. And when, and they had a carpet cleaner machine at their house because they have dogs too. And so we actually cleaned the carpets before we left just because, because we're grateful for them to let us bring all four of our dogs to their space. And again, don't expect this level of care from most of your guests. Generally, I think if you're accommodating and you're clear about your expectations, like guests are so grateful 
when they yep. can bring their full family. Yep. They're going to be sensitive to what, you know, your few rules are, or what your needs are, and they're going to be respectful, you know, yeah, for the most generally. Part. Yes, yeah. for the most part. You will have the occasional jackass no matter what you do. I mean, it's true. Like, it they're going to be in the mix. But between having a, a good cleaning process and also knowing that air cover, if it's going through Airbnb, now covers pet damage, should help a lot. So the cleaner is one of those things. Like I said, simple solution is the one I like the best. And then the other thing that I find really helpful, pet cleaner is really helpful inside. I mentioned having a carpet cleaner and you don't have to have a big, huge one. The little green machine is a handheld and same kind of like heated and easy to carry around and spot clean with. Nice. So that can be something for your cleaning crew as well as a nice benefit for guests who have pets and even ones that don't. I, hey, pro tip, side pro tip, don't be afraid to provide your cleaners with something like a resource or, you know, like if you think that this could be helpful with their pet cleans, spoil them, keep it on site. Absolutely. Like, you're going to get a better end result. So like, yep. don't be afraid to throw those things in there for the cleaners, you know? 100%. And they're also going to prefer your house over other people's because they're going to have easier to clean. extra perks. Yeah. Right. Well, and that goes back to when we were talking before about me trying to introduce, like arrive early and introduce myself to the cleaners. I often will ask them, like, is there anything that would make this easier? Like, are there any tools that I can get you or new things that you've seen that you want to try? Like, let me know. I'm happy to invest in the tools that you need to take better care of my property. Like, that just makes sense to me. But so the cleaner and the actual simple solution goes into the, the cleaner. And then the green machine is a great, affordable little cleaner, especially, you know, right now. The other thing that back to the outdoor space. So my outdoor space is not really super pet friendly because I just have mulch everywhere. So not the best thing. So that if you're going to allow pets, give some thought to the outdoor space and where you would like the pets to use the bathroom. Typically not right next to the places you want your guests to be lounging. But if you've got a small space or, you know, you just don't have a lot to work with for whatever reason, then they make a product that is for like killing the urine odor. And it's an outdoor yard product. And I don't know the name. I think there are a couple out there. And this is also something you can get at most pet stores or online and Amazon. But we typically don't allow pets to use the bathroom in the backyard because it's all mulch and it will just absorb the smell. And But occasionally we'll have a guest that has a very small animal. It's a burden for them to really walk the dog. Or there's a bunch of snow on the ground, you know, or something where we'll make an exception and then we just ask that the cleaners go out and spray the yard treatment afterwards because again getting the property back to that non-pet friendly odor and condition for the next guest is really important so those are a couple of things that that i use that i've found kind of erase the proof (laughs) the evidence if you will or install a dog run I've yes. had a few property owners install an adorable dog run. Turf, by the way, is very pet friendly if you set it up correctly. And they line the bottom of the dog run with turf. It's actually really affordable to set up. And then the 
our guest dogs have their own, you know, dog run and a dedicated area where they can use the restroom. And the cleaners can kind of like hone in when they're walking the yard and where to look. Right. So just another thought if you have space for that i think it's it's a really nice little feature you can leave a couple little dog toys in there or like some dog bowls and make it all cutesy hospitality style i love it it's on my list actually i just haven't gotten to it yet but definitely plan on adding that as well so some good call i'll send some pics yes please send some some inspiration so i can start planning so i need to add something right now i'm feeling like i haven't added enough to the property or done any upgrades in a while and so i'll close out this conversation by saying that you should always be looking for that next amenity or that next perk that continues to add value for your guests yep always leveling it up i love it exactly well this has been really good If you enjoyed this episode, we'd be so grateful if you rated and reviewed it. Also subscribe, subscribe for more insider knowledge. We can help you get the edge in the STR world. You can find additional resources for your STR journey, as well as our social media handles at the strinsiders.com.